Hi guys, and welcome to the second episode of Selfish. I'm your host, Reagan Drake. This is a podcast where each week I'm going to read the stories that you submitted about your mental health journey. Gemini, please. So sorry. Um, If you hear those tiny scratches in the background, that would be Gemini. I think me bringing down all my equipment and setting it up like gets her very excited. So I have thrown out little catnip toys everywhere to hopefully suppress the excitement. But at probably the 30 minute mark, she will be fast asleep and taking a nap. So we can only hope. <laughs> or if you hear her scratching on her little scratch post, that's what that is. Okay. So hi, welcome. Um, what do we have? Okay, so before we start, for sure, we have to do this every week until I see an improvement, um, to like, subscribe, and review, because those reviews are what gets our podcast like up on like search bars, whatever, you know the thing. Please do it, though, because it helps me out a lot. So also, oh, we have an Instagram. It's at Selfish. And it's S period, E period, L period, F period ish. I thought that looked cooler than the, um, what are they called? The down slashes. Um, I didn't like the way those looked. I thought that like this looked cool because it spelled out like self and then like ish, like self ish. You know what I mean. Uh, but we do have an Instagram, so please follow that because that is going to be where I start to post a lot of show updates about what we're doing weekly. Mantras might move over there. Um, just a lot of like interesting stuff about like uh, we're going to get into one of like the books I'm going to recommend today. And I'm going to post a picture of something that like I filled out in the book. And that's kind of where all that stuff's going to filter to on that Instagram. I still will be posting the video format of our podcast show on my Instagram, but only for the first five episodes. My thought process behind that was you see a lot of podcasts and like they do the format on YouTube where you can watch the filming of it. I have no audience on YouTube at all. I had one video. It was a really bad dance reel. And my aunt Karen one time told me, please don't delete that. Me and your uncle Ted watch it all the time. And I made that at 12 and I was mortified at 24 when she told me that she was the one that was viewing it constantly. <laughs> so I did have to take that down eventually. I was like, this has to go. But um, I have no audience on YouTube. So my thought was like I would post it to my Instagram. But I think maybe that's just become a little confusing because people think this is just a show that you can only watch on Instagram, but it's on Apple and Spotify podcast as well. So just going to put that little bit out there. The video formats will be moving over to the Selfish Instagram, but only after episode five. So, okay. All right. So that is like kind of all of our housekeeping stuff. Um, it's time to check in with you guys. Um, I am doing okay. <laughs> um, I worked out this morning, actually jogged, which is very big for me. Um, it felt really good though. And this week has been honestly just a little stressful. I've been a little stressed about this podcast and then I had to like have a heart to heart with myself that was like, if this is stressing you out, you shouldn't be doing it. And I was like, no, the podcast itself is not stressing me out. 
what's stressing me out is myself and like making like hoping I'm doing a good job, but it's not about me. So we had a little conversation and I feel a lot less stressed about it. And um I'm working on as like okay, so like I said last week, I'm working on boundaries. And it's kind of been a rough week with boundaries. I am proud of myself in the fact that this week I stuck to a boundary that I've laid down and it's hard separating yourself from your boundary because I feel like I'm doing something wrong or bad, but I'm not. And to separate like the emotional backlash that you'll get from your boundary, but the boundary itself does not have any emotional ties. Like you have, you have to separate yourself from the boundary, but also say like, you can't cross it. So I stood my ground and I did that this week. So I'm proud of myself in that, but I really don't feel like I'm making the progress I'd like to see, but I'm proud of myself for that this week. Um, weekly gratitude. Okay. This is a new thing I'm going to do. I heard it on a podcast this week and, um, it's her, I forget her name, but her organization is one minute at a time. She was a phenomenal, like their episode was just phenomenal. I'll find it later and put it in the show notes. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's struggle bus, but they had a guest on that week. So I will find it for you. But she talked about this like ritual that she does one minute at a time. And for only one minute, you either meditate gratitude or a lot of different things, but that's one minute every morning and it's like only meditate for a minute and you're done in the morning next day, only a minute of gratitude and you're done. And, um, she just said like the improvement that she felt from just starting small with like, I'm thankful. Her example was that I'm thankful I have three brothers to help me. And I'm going to start doing that for our podcast, but just during this week, something that I am very thankful for probably would be, this is very simple, but my room. I, some of my string lights fell down this week and I hung them back up. I cleaned my room. I like floor polished it and I set my pillows up in this like really cozy, uh, little bird's nest almost and had a glass of wine and binge watch Hannah, the new season on Amazon. I'm very obsessed with that show. I want to be on it so bad, but, um, I'm just thankful for the space I've created and how cozy it felt and that I was able to make like this tiny little area all the way out here in LA feel like a safe place. So that's what I'm thankful for this week. Okay. And a new health goal I'm going to put out there for myself just to keep myself accountable. You can like play along if you want. I'm going to walk every single day. I was doing so good. I was walking every morning. And when I say walking for me, it is like hoofing it up these like 45 degree angle hills because I'm out here in some suburbs of California. And um, I mean, I was working my legs and I guess I should say like almost light jog walking. And, um, I got sick a couple weeks ago. Uh, the doctors did not believe it was COVID. They did not give me a test, but they did not believe it was COVID. Um, they think maybe I was having like a muscle spasm in my back or something. Uh, and I had an infection definitely in my body. 
So I got really knocked out, really down, and I took antibiotics for 10 days. So I was like, I'm not going to walk while I'm doing that. Problem is, it's I have finished those antibiotics, and now it's been a couple weeks later. So there's no more excuses for me to be like, I'm still getting better. No, I'm better. I'm fine. I need to get back to what I was doing. I felt so great when I was doing it. So I walked yesterday and today, and the next time I see you, I would love to report back to you that I have gotten out and I have walked every day in the mornings. Doesn't matter how long or short it is, I got out and I did it. So very excited about that goal and I'm gonna reach it. I have to tell myself I'm gonna do it. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and just jump into this this week's, like, this week's episode. Um, So the topic that we started to focus on this week was community and if you like had to leave a community for your mental health journey or if you found one through it. And I have three stories for you again. I'm going to start with the first one. It's a little long and long in a good way. Always do not censor yourself when you send me your stories or worry that they're long. I will always make my best judgment if I need to cut it down a little bit for time's sake. I will never alter your words. I will just like basically condense what you said. Um... I didn't do that for any of them this week, just FYI. So this one actually is, this is from Karen. She's from Canada and all the Karens in Canada are very good. Not like the American Karens, except my aunt Karen. She's wonderful. Um, so this one is about like where she started her mental health journey. And I think I just need to put like a PSA out there. Always send me your stories. Like week one was where you started your mental health journey that's just a theme for the entire show. So if you want to send me where you started and we're in week 50, if we make it there, we probably will, but just <laughs> a little nervous about that. Um, you can send me your stories every single week of like where you started. It doesn't matter what week we're at. That will be a consistent theme through our show because it's about your story, your journey. I guess that's all I have to say about that. So this is from Karen. Your show, your show's episode is about how we got into our mental health, and if I remember correctly, what I wish I would have known when I started. I think like many others, mental health found me, and not the other way around. I know, bad joke. It's hard to say when my issues started, but I can tell you I was officially diagnosed almost three years ago, I think. I clearly remember I drove myself to see my doctor that morning. I hadn't even made an appointment. I just showed up crying and asked if I could please see my doctor. I told him how I felt and he said to me something like, I knew you were dealing with something, but I couldn't say anything to you until you were ready and wanted to talk to me about it. That was the first watershed moment. He then walked me through what I now recognize as my mental health screening questionnaire, similar to the ones I had been secretly doing online in the middle of the night asking me about my thoughts and feelings. I walked out of there being told that I likely suffer from severe clinical depression, a referral to a psychiatrist, and a prescription for antidepressants. Second watershed moment. So we're going to stop there for a second. I have highlighted in that first little paragraph, similar to the ones that I had been taking secretly online and doing in the middle of the night. That is actually where I started my mental health journey. Um, 
I started taking these little quizzes just to see if I had depression. And I'm going to do a whole nother episode on this, but it was from the birth control I was taking and the havoc it was basically causing in my body. And I would just take these quizzes and take several of them over and over. And it would come back with various results here and there. But I felt like I was just taking them as like a rite of passage to go to a counselor. So I do think that these quizzes are a great place to start and bring in those results to your counselor if you want to, if you haven't quite started or even if you have, I guess. But I think they're a great stepping stone, but don't hold them with a bunch of weight because like a I guess like quote unquote like a personality quiz or a thoughts and feelings quiz isn't going to define you. Don't let it define you. And it is a good place to start if you're it's it's a place of starting self-discovery. And I am always for that. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I relate to that part quite a bit. All right. I was shook. I filled my prescription. I called my then boyfriend, now husband, and went home totally upset. I I had depression? Me? I did? What? No way. I was in hardcore denial for weeks. I did not want to take my meds either. I thought somehow if I accepted that diagnosis, took those medications, somehow I was admitting that yes, I am a crazy person that talks to themselves. I I am a crazy person that talks to themselves. <laughs> I am personally. My partner begged me to take the medications, to just give it a try, and to also uh, follow up with a psychiatrist, who I was convinced was full of shit. Because I loved my partner and he had been with me through so much, I decided that yes, I would give it a try, but also I believed it would not work because I was not crazy nor depressed, and everyone else was all wrong. Well, I was wrong. Third and final watershed moment. Prior to that morning, when I barged into my doctor's clinic and decided to confess my inner turmoils, I had been going through some stuff earlier that year. My grandpa had passed away. I love him. I loved him, and I still love my grandpa. Very much. We were very close. His passing was absolutely devastating to me. Since I live in Canada, but my entire family is from Mexico, where I am from, I was unable to attend his funeral, a commonplace issue for those of us living abroad. For a week straight, all I did was cry. I had to take time off work. I was a mess. That's when things started to spiral down. In a matter of months, I started self-harming, closely followed by suicidal idolization and ultimately attempts. I wouldn't go... I won't go into detail, but... It was very real and very scary. At the time, of course, I couldn't see all the red flags. I was so used to the negative thoughts, the chronic hopelessness, the flawed thought patterns. It really was my normal to feel like shit, think I was shit, and treat myself like shit, emotionally and physically. I wish I knew that feeling, speaking, and treating myself that way was A, not okay, nor normal, and B, totally something you can change. This is also probably a good time to mention I've also struggled with 
eating body image disorders and disordered behavior behaviorists. Behavior, behaviorists. Yes, behaviorists. And some vicarious trauma pre-training. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay, vicarious trauma pertaining to sexual assaults and some PTSD. So, yes, I am a fun mess, aren't I? Welcome to the club. My self-esteem had always suffered, but... And, sorry, my self-esteem had always suffered. I was bullied in school since I can remember, and I moved from my home. I moved from my home country at a young age to do my university. So I had to learn and be on my own quite abruptly. Of course, I am very grateful for where life has taken me, but it also has had a high cost of being away from my circle of friends and family, and I was also thrown into a totally different world. As a Mexican, I am very close to my family, but luckily I have made amazing friends here, and now, I'm a, now I am married and a mom. Life, eh? Finds a way. Throughout our lives, we all experience changes, good and bad ones. We experience trauma, sometimes not even knowing it, knowing it was trauma. And trauma accumulates and comes out in different ways for everyone. And a lot of mental health issues are also genetic. So it is difficult to really get to the source of someone's issues. I think in my case, the passing of my grandpa already started some toxic behaviors and coping mechanisms without me realizing it. The thing, the thing is, if you get help, like professional help, you can learn about what is happening to you so you can work on yourself and actually do things that are efficient and proven to help. The other massive advantage of knowing what you're dealing with is that you don't place these insanely high expectations on yourself. For instance, you don't expect someone with a broken ankle to run a 10K, do you? So why do we expect perfection from ourselves when our brains might have something, might have some serious unbalance or faulty wiring upstairs? Every time I started questioning if I deserved to take a break or if I should take a nap or if I should call for help, I think to myself, if this was a physical injury, would I even question it? Most of the time, the answer is no. That is the stigma and that is what we're working to change. Anyway, I'm not a doctor or a counselor or a psychiatrist. I went to school for engineering, so my comfort zone is in a very different area. But I do know I like to understand how things work and why they work or do not work. In this case, I wanted to understand how my brain worked. My current complete diagnosis includes severe clinical depression, generalized anxiety, and borderline personality traits. My undiagnosed list includes various traumas, PTSD, OSFED, body anxiety, body anxiety, and borderline, oh, sorry, um, where was I? Body dysmorphia. Okay, so sorry. Uh, the trauma of PTSD and OSFED, body dysmorphia. More recently, I had my first baby. So guess who also has some postpartum depression, y'all? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yes, this is a lot, but at least I know what I'm up against. 
why I struggle with certain things, and what I can do about it. Also, by now I have had a lot of time to do some self-discovery, to read books on mental health and on eating disorders, to read what other people's stories, to listen to various podcasts like the one you're working on, and to take classes on CBT, BDBT, Trauma and Resilience. I have put a lot of work into my mental health because it is important and because if you don't, and if, because it is important and if I don't look after myself, no one else can truly help me. I imagine it is a tiny bit like recovering from an addiction in that way you have, in that way that you have to want to get help to get better. No one can make you or force you to. I have no experience with addiction, so please forgive my ignorance. I grew up like many around me, in a society where mental health was rarely spoken about. If anything, it was mocked and ridiculed. No one spoke out about it in a positive way. You only saw tidbits on the TV and in movies, and it was grossly misrepresented. That is changing now. So I take the time to speak out as much as I can in hopes that I can help someone. Hearing or reading about other people's stories was a tremendous help for me, and that's why I started my blog. I figured if I could help one person, then putting myself out there had to be worth it. Now I have a baby, and I, and I would love for him to grow up in a world where it is okay to speak out about mental health and gender identity and about so many things that were unspoken when I was a child. Yes, it will take time, and maybe it won't be perfect, but I want to know I did everything I could to leave this world a better place. Also, if I had not gotten help, or if I hadn't had the support of my now husband, I would not have been on this earth to get married, to buy a first home, to buy our first home, to have a child. It can get better, no matter how dark things may be right now. I still struggle now with new things, as I am now a new mom. But I do not regret getting help or taking those meds or bearing my soul to my counselor. If you think you need help, please reach out. You can do this, I promise. Just take one step at a time whenever you're ready. Okay. Thank you, Karen. I am going to be linking Karen's blog in our show notes, so look for it there. I'm going to jump back into some of the things that I have highlighted in the second part of this. Um... So one of the lines that really stuck out to me was, and trauma accumulates and comes out in different ways for everyone. This is one of the first things that me and my counselor started on and and worked on. Um, She used the example of a cup and how if you have trauma, that cup is already half full. So when things get poured into your Oh my God. Sorry. I just realized that my belt has literally been unbuckled this whole time. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. We're going to fix that really quick. Oh, Jesus. And there's no one here to tell me that. Okay. Jumping back in. Um, Okay. So if you already have a cup that is half full and so your trauma your cup is half full of your trauma 
whatever you haven't been dealing with, and then something else gets poured on top of that, you obviously don't have that much room for other things to get poured on top of it. And until you start to deal with some of the things that are in that half full cup, that's when that starts to shrink and you can take on more things and you can, you have the coping mechanisms and stuff to, to be able to basically filter, like filter whatever water gets poured into your cup. And I just thought that was such a great analogy. That's where I started. I think that trauma does accumulate and come out in different ways for everyone. And until you start dealing with the things that you keep pushing off and pushing away, you're never going to be able to, I guess I would say, like effectively learn how to deal with your current now surroundings. Um, That was like my experience anyway. It was like, you know, I had to go back and dig deep so then I could look up from that and focus on what was stressing me out here and now. And I could efficiently do that. Um, What else do I have highlighted in here? Oh, this analogy of um, if it was a physical injury, would I question it? I think that's just a great, great visualization. So like if you, to me, like how I'm going to interpret that is – If you are thinking about calling someone, if you're thinking about any self-harm in any way or anything that has to do with overwhelmed feelings, take that and visualize it where it works for you, like in your arm, your leg, it could be your stomach, your heart. And if that area of yourself is in pain, like take the pain and make it equivalent to what it would be physically, not, not literally, don't hurt yourself. But visualize if that was somewhere else on your body, would you go get that x-ray checked out, whatever? And if the answer is yes, then, you know, just call somebody. Or there's a lot of things online that are like better help, talk space, and you you can reach out and talk to somebody and get some answers about that pain. So I think that that was a really, truly great story. I also think it's really cool that someone from Canada wrote into the show. So we are now international. (laughs) All right, we're gonna jump into the second story. I do have some coffee. Right now we are filming this at one-ish and I needed a small pick-me-up, so. Before we jump into that second story, I forgot I wanted to do this in the beginning. Um, Each week I have a different mug on my desk because I have a problem and I buy so many. And this one I actually found in my grandma Anna's barn. And it's like not, I don't think it's antique, but it has a little Lenny cat. So like a black, gray and white tabby. And he is laid out on his back sleeping with his stomach up which is what my baby boy does all the time. So I just had to like grab this and make it mine. So that is the story behind this mug. I will never run out of mugs to give you guys stories on. So, all right, into story number two. I was not able to write in last week, so I felt like I need to start from the beginning to accurately answer the topic you posed this week. I was diagnosed with a serious illness my freshman year of high school, which then led to being diagnosed with cancer within the next year. I did the treatments that were necessary to become cancer for, to beat cancer twice by the age of 22. 
But I lived a life in high school and my first few years, first few years of college that was close to quote normal as I could get while still while still dealing with my health. I never slowed down and I never had anyone to talk to about how these illnesses would impact my day-to-day life. There were the doctors, but the doctor's office isn't the most conductive place for learning about a new lifestyle. My My family doesn't fully grip the impact that the physical illness can have, especially on my mental health. So I keep going about my business, doing shows, being involved in a ton of extracurricular activities. I was playing two sports throughout high school. I suppose at a young age, I started to develop the idea that other people will think I can accomplish less because of my illness. So I did everything I possibly could. That carried into college. I never allowed myself for down. I never allowed downtime for myself. I dealt with the feeling that I was broken and repulsive due to my illness. At the, at the time, I still did not have the people to talk to who, who really understood what I was going through. By my senior year, eight years worth of suppressed feelings, senior year of college, I'm assuming, eight years worth of suppressed feelings and ignoring, ignoring, ignoring what my body was telling me Ignoring what my body was telling me took the spotlight of my life. I was completely overwhelmed and even my grades took a hit, which is totally unlike me. One of the days I was actually able to make it to class, one of my favorite professors stressed the idea that you can only do what your mind and body are capable of doing in the moment. Since then, I have been, since then it has been a struggle but I have had to set boundaries for myself. I work at a job where I have to be able to respond to emails at any time. School seems to be a constant concern with everything being online right now, as well as emails from, from professors, which make me feel like I need to respond with urgency. Social media is ever-present in our world now. I have had to intentionally make time for myself. Time that is free of digital interaction with work, school, and even some friends. This isn't our parents' generation of landlines, snail mail, and not calling around dinner time or after 8 p.m. out of courtesy. This could be why it is difficult to talk to my parents about mental illness. They don't understand the constant pressure that comes with growing up with the technology we have. They are still in the mindset of, oh, you've taken your medication, you're fine. But in reality... It is an ebb and flow. It is unpredictable. It requires you to handle yourself differently every day. Clearly, there is going to be a lot going on, and I still have a lot to deal with. But to answer your question, I have found that it isn't necessarily about finding a group or leaving one, but rather sharpening the skills to listen to your body and to set boundaries for yourself. There is no harm in saying no to people and spending that time doing what you need in the moment. I found clarity in writing and even FaceTiming a friend to catch up. For a long time, I was leading an unbalanced life that was not honoring or serving my mental health as well as my physical. Part of that might seem from the fact that it wasn't something I learned in high school or talked about at home. 
It's important to read. It's important to talk. It's important to find a balance that works for your life. Okay. So thank you very much to this anonymous person. Um, This one, this story really hit me because I think that maybe I posed the question about community because that's where I'm at personally, um, trying to find a solid like community, a foundation community. And, you know, it really just goes back to boundaries and you can have, I guess you can have any community you want. I should, okay, I'm going to say that differently. You will form and find your community because the people that respect you will start to be in your life because they respect your boundaries. And it's kind of like um, like a puzzle piece. Like if you are in the center of a puzzle piece and the outline of your puzzle piece is your boundaries, you're going to find your other pieces that fit and connect to it because they are respecting where your boundaries stand. And I think that's just really intelligent, really smart that you have already realized that. And thank you for helping me realize that today. So thank you very much for writing in. I appreciate your story. You seem like a very, very strong person. Sorry, I always rustle the papers around and then I go back to listen to it and it like peaks my mic and I have to stop doing that. Okay. Um, okay, before we get into story number three, we're going to go, okay, I'm so excited. I'm going to call this section tangible good. So this is the section we did this last week, but I'm going to try and find you physical things that you can go to for joy, good, whatever, like calmness, whatever I want to do that week. I'm trying to find like something tangible that you can go get right now. Okay. This book, um, I'm a little ashamed to admit I was stressing on Thursday because I didn't have anything for you. And I obviously wanted to center around like being able to focus on yourself. And I'm ashamed to admit that I had gone to TikTok for advice and help. And I started watching all of those videos where the girls are like, five things that you didn't know you needed from Target or Amazon. But they came through for me, let me tell you. (laughs) Um, So I found this on a girl's story and it is called The Story of My Life. If a story is in you, it has to come out. After I bought this, I realized that it has been featured on My Favorite Murder and I didn't mean to like take their thing or copy it, but I'm also obsessed with that podcast. Um, So this isn't like something extremely unique that I found that I thought I did at first, but basically what it is, is um, it asks you all kinds of questions and it starts off pretty generally. um, The first question, one of the first questions it's going to ask you is my family ancestry originates from dot, dot, dot. And you have a place here to like write all of that. And the, as you go on, the questions get a little deeper and deeper. Let me see something. Another question I can read to you. Describe your parents' parenting style. Tell a story that shows how much or how little freedom you have. 
Um, let me give another example for you. The first time I drove a car, dot, dot, dot. Um, it's really fun. It's a, it's a very uh, good selfish. Like it's all about you. And I think it is a really great alternative to journaling. Um, sometimes I sit down and I think I have to journal. Like I should be journaling because I have so much pent up emotion, but I can't focus it. And for me personally, this is a really good way. It asks me direct questions. I can write out a memory. And then that kind of opens me up to be able to go back to my journal for my emotions and everything because I'm focused in now. They also, oh, this was at Target and it was only $9.99. So 10 bucks later and it is yours. It is, a, I just really like it. And this is your tangible good section. Okay. Before we also, before we jump into story three, um, I'm going to tell you what I am reading currently for my mental health. It is called Best Self by Life Coach Mike Bayer. This is constantly... Um, this is constantly on Dr. Phil's show. And let me tell you, I love Dr. Phil. I watch it all the time. I always watch it to fall asleep. His voice is just so smoothing. Makes me feel like I'm not crazy. He, now he did say something that was rather ignorant during the pandemic. He did apologize. So we're kind of side eyeing Dr. Phil right now, but I will say that this book is really, really good. I had read halfway through and then I kind of fell off the wagon, wagon, wagon. Um, but I'm, I started over this week and like the little sneak peek that I will give you out of this book is that is obviously, obviously called best self. And there's a section in one of the first few chapters where you start to describe what you think your best self looks like. And along with that, you get to draw like a little picture and it's not, it's not like, what you personally would look like at your best self. It's like a idolization of like a cartoon character. And for example, mine is Lenny with a mermaid tail. And like, when I look at that, like that's all the attributes of my best self and it's my best self in control right now. And on our Instagram, I'm gonna take a picture of this and put it up for you guys. And his name, my best self's name is Winks. I have no idea why I did that, but I still really like it. Um, so yeah, I recommend this book. I'm reading it. If you want to read along with me, you definitely will read faster than me. So don't spoil it. But uh, this is a really great book to start in if you want to read along with me. Okay. So story number three isn't necessarily like a story story. It is just a follow up from last week. Not just, it, it is a follow up from last week. And last week, if you remember, we had an anonymous story sent in by someone that at age 12, they were diagnosed with OCD. And after that, they had, um, they have been in therapy for up until 25 now. So almost over half their life. And I asked them, I thought, because they were diagnosed so young, like, having that in the back of your head and going through like, you know, preteen, teen into young adulthood, like what was that like trying to find or create or having a community and having something diagnosed at such a young age? So this was their follow-up to that. I did struggle to find a community growing up, 
I did have friends, but most didn't know how to engage on the topic of mental health. It was also I was also homeschooled, so the community was limited. It wasn't really until college that I began to really open up to people about my difficulties. I now have a strong community of support. My friends who I can talk to and some who also struggle with mental health. My support system is probably the most important thing in my life. So thank you for getting back to me and responding. Um, a couple things I've wanted to highlight and go ahead and note on, which our second story um, highlighted on as well. They talked about like, where is it? Let me find it. They basically said something along the lines of, I don't know if it was because I wasn't taught this in school and talking about how in our third story, I just kind of highlighted that many people didn't really know how to engage on the topic of mental health, especially at such a young age. That's not something that we're really taught in school. And I had this conversation with my best friend last night. We are not in school taught about different mental, I guess, mental illnesses. Um, and that, I think that's really harming. I can only speak to the public school system I was in, but I just think it's really harmful to not teach kids. Like, you know, when we start learning about sex ed and stuff, like why are we also not learning about when you start to develop, you might realize that your your brain doesn't work the same way and that's okay. And I guess the example I would give is Obviously, school is a very standardized system. It really worked against me as a kid. And we never took the time to give categories of different ways of learning. We learned about them in a standard way. (laughs) I think back to like in science fiction, superhero movies, you have like schools that it's like, these are the four groups of people that we have. We have like healers and these are like our superheroes that work with water. And this is the like mind readers or whatever. And we have those people into categories and in like fantasy movies, they learn like their special skills through their special like um, structure. And I almost think that like there should be some kind of program or like way of doing that to where let's say we're in school and like I'm the ADHD group and then we have like very analytical group and you would get to for a day see how each other learned and kind of experience that. Sorry, that's a little bit of like an off tangent, but I wanted to address for story number two and story number three that you're not crazy. We didn't learn that in school. And I think it's really good to acknowledge that. So that's just kind of what story number three, their response kind of sparked in me to just kind of make a note on. All right, guys. So we are, where are we now? We are going into that weekly mantra from Madeline. I am so excited. Last week was ride the wave. How did I do do that this week? I I was pretty angry at different times this week, like riding that giant anger wave, found myself surfing at the very top and about to look down and crash miserably. 
So I, you know, calmed the waters of my mind and I rode that wave all the way up and calmly came back down it. But I rode the anger wave and I'm I'm not going to be afraid to admit that I did that this week. So let's go ahead and head to Madeline's mantra for this week. I'm so excited. Hi everyone, it's Madeline Manser and this is Queen Sushi. She is my foster for this month. And we are here to tell you your mantra for today. So thank you again, Reagan, for letting us hang out with you guys. So this mantra, actually I've done before and it's worked every single day that I've done it. Um, it's one that I always hold near and dear to my heart because it's very true. So it is grow as you go. So that's why I have all my plant friends here. I love my plant friends, so I had to put them in my shop. So here's the thing. Just picture yourself as a little seed growing every single day. Either you could be this big or you could be this big or you can be even this big. It does not matter because guess what? Your growth is your growth. No one else's. You can be going fast. You can be going slow. It doesn't matter. Just know that you are growing and you are perfectly doing it. Perfectly. So that is the mantra for today. You can take it if you want to, but if not, don't worry about it. Queen Sushi, you have anything else to say? She says no, but have a good day. All right. Peace out, guys. Thank you so much, Madeline. Let's carry that into next week and I will see you guys soon. Let's go ahead and roll that outro music. Oh, hi there. Welcome to post show notes. These are things I think of after I'm done editing. One, thanks for making it this far into the podcast. Two, next week's topic is going to be over COVID and quarantine and your mental health. Also, on my Instagram at Reagan M. Drake, R-E-A-G-A-N, I am doing weekly artwork for our weekly mantras. And if you would like to submit some artwork for that, I would be more than happy to add that along to the story that I have on my Instagram right now. So you can submit those to me at Reagan M. Drake, R-E-A-G-A-N-M-D-R-A-K-E on Instagram. Thanks, guys. See you next week.